morning as David comes, I want you to be inspired because he will do that. He will connect you to your passion and he might stir up that passion that you didn't even know existed. So if you would, please welcome all the way from Madison, Wisconsin, Dave Bechtold. Thanks, Mark. Hey, Marcus, I love you. I'm proud of you. Uh. Wait, do you have a selfie stick? <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, it's good to see a lot of you. Well, it's good to see most of you. Uh, maybe once we get to know each other, you'll, you'll feel the same about me. Hey, I'm uh, glad to be here. I spent my early years growing up in the Prospect Bike Shop, uh, wondering how I could scale the Mount Prospect Water Tower. Went to Prospect High School, and I used to pick on Mark till he carries a gun legally. So uh, I'm just glad to be here with you guys. My family, this is my crew. Notice how we cut out the boyfriend. That was great. Yes. So, hey, even if I'm boring, at least I got a good-looking family and, uh, you know, okay, well, we'll listen anyway. So, uh, that's my family. My wife, we've been married for 21 years, and those are our four kids, uh, 12, 15, 17, and 19, my oldest son's golden birthday is today. So, he's going to come home from college, and we get to see him this evening, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Hey, sometimes my kids are awesome, sometimes... They drive me crazy. I have a, one of the things that drives me crazy is when they leave messes. You ever notice that the things that bug you about your kids, if you have kids, are usually the things that bug you about yourself? It's okay if I leave messes, but when they leave messes, it's different. And uh, my daughter, Hannah, uh, not too long ago, she, uh, she kind of gets up early in the morning and just kind of wanders her way into the bathroom to start getting ready for high school. And uh, one morning, she bashed her little toe on the door jam, and she's just like, oh, and we just heard her fall into the ground inside the bathroom, and it's like, oh, I mean, that stub toe pain is just like, it's like getting kicked in the nuts. I mean, it's like, it's just like, oh, you're just crippled, and you know, and there she is, she's lying on the floor. Well, my family comes running. I'm not sure they want to help, but they just always like, the siblings like to see when the other ones are in pain. And, uh, but they did come there, and they did come this day to actually help. So they're, they're peeking around the corner, you know, Hannah, are you okay? Ah! And she's just like, do I look like I'm okay? You know, and then someone else comes around the corner, you know, uh, her brother, and he said, uh, he said, what happened? <laughs> you know, and, and he's meeting well, and then her sister comes, and Mary, and then she comes and she says, what can I do to help? And, you know, and here Hannah is just, just reeling in pain on the floor, and she's just like totally crippled at that moment. Just, and all of these well-meaning people are putting, they don't realize it, but they're putting these demands on her. And, and I go in there, and uh, I did what my mom has done for us, just over and over and over growing up. And Hannah was just laying there just, oh, I mean, it's just, such pain. And I go in there, and I lay on that bathroom floor, on that tile, and I just wrap myself around her. And when she moans, I moan. And when she punches that wall, I punch that wall. And I said, baby, I'm sorry. 
Oh, baby, that had to hurt. Oh, sweetheart. And you know what? All of those well-meaning people were just that. They wanted to help. They wanted to know what happened. But you know what? When other people are in pain, we're just not quite sure how to respond and how to act and how to actually serve. We're just kind of like, I just wish this never happened. That's why we don't like going to funerals. What do I say? Where's the salad bar? You know, you, know, you just aren't quite sure what you're going to say. So in that moment, Hannah responded to me. And we bonded. And it was by nothing that I said. I was just there lying with her in her pain. And I share that with you today because we're going to hear a lot of stories today. And you're going to hear a lot of quotes I mean, from me throughout these sessions today. And I just want to encourage each one of us today to not think that these stories are just other people's stories, but these stories can be your stories. And actually, even better, God can make new stories out of your life and the influence and the people that are in your world that we will never meet, we will never know, and we will probably never see. God's equipped us to be an influence. And it's just important that we know that we are loved. Just like Hannah right then. So many people are demanding things of us, and there's so many quotas we need to make, and there's so much that we have to do to jump through hoops and be political so that we get the next raise and we don't get fired and we're a good neighbor and all that stuff. But what's most important to equip us to influence and impact the people around us is just to know that we are loved. And you are loved by the one who made you. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's not something that I can earn, but I live my life. What inspires my passion and fuels my desire to influence and impact people and serve others is not to earn God's favor. I can't. But it's to say thank you for what he's already done. While I was still a sinner, while I was still being extra stupid and running from him, he died for me. And that's good news. That's unconditional love that I've heard about growing up, but until I was an adult, it didn't really click in me. You are more important than what you do. In the Bible, in 1 John, it says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. I mean, God lavishes his love on us. The only way I can think about lavish love is going to my grandma's house. She's 90 years old now, down in Springfield, Illinois. They're living in the house that they built in 1944, her and my grandpa. And every time we would come there, she would do two things. She would kiss us, oh, three things, kiss us, hug us, and take pictures of us. I mean, it's all, oh, David, you're here, David. And she's about this tall. Even now, she says, you're almost as tall as your grandma. And she just would lavish this love on us. Even still, she wants me to sit on her lap. I'm not joking. She's just this lavish love. And anyone who didn't know would think, wow, oh, that's really awkward. But you know what? Sometimes the lavish love of the Father is awkward because we don't feel like we're deserving of that love. The Father is calling us, each of us, to live a life of purpose and influence. But first, he's inviting us to himself. You're qualified. You're qualified to be an influence and have an impact on people. When I was a kid... Uh, I knew that I was loved. I've got great parents. Um, my dad is here today. I'm very thankful that we got to grow up in a family where we knew we were loved, even in the midst of our stupidity. But there were times where I wondered if I was qualified. Every night, my parents would put me to bed, and they'd just say, stroke my hair, and they say, David, one of these days, God's going to use you. We believe that. But until he does, keep taking this pill. 
Well, the good news is, God is using me, and I'm still taking the pill. <laughs> I kind of like it. You know, Peter in the Bible, one of Jesus' disciples that he called, seemed unqualified. He was, he was a fusser. He had his own ideas. He did not live a godly life up until Jesus called him. And even then, he was still trying to do his own thing. Why would God choose Peter? He just seemed like he was uncommitted, selfish, and a coward. Well, you know what? Our sin and our failures do not take God by surprise. And our guilt and our shame and our baggage and our past and all of the reasons that we shouldn't be accepted by him, those don't disqualify us. They qualify us. We are frail by design. God has made us to need him because he knows that our lives will be most fulfilled when actually we say yes to his plan and his purposes. And then if you want to be a man of influence, God will give you all of the influence that you need because God's vision is a lot bigger than ours ever could be. It's not our job to come up with this great vision plan for influencing and impacting people. I feel like as a believer in God, it's my job to be close to Jesus, to know him more, so that I'm sensitive to his spirit when he says, you need to carry that conversation a little further. Dude, you need to go over there. Jesus calls me dude. That would be a great title for a message. Jesus calls me dude. Get rid of the religious people. I just want to be close to him rather than come up with a great plan. Our guilt and our shame don't disqualify us. Our past mistakes, they don't. We're frail by design and they actually qualify us. God doesn't love us because we deserve it. But he counts us worthy of his love. Not because we deserve it, because he thinks we're worth it. And we get the opportunity to represent Jesus to the world. We're all he's got right now. And representing means representing. God is allowing us to represent the life of his son on the earth. So I've got uh, robes and tunics in the back for sale so that we can all leave here today really representing what Jesus was like. No. But it's the principles that he lived his life on. Kingdom values. Pointing to people's pointing to something that was greater than himself or greater than what people saw. Jesus is pleased and thrilled to live his life in us and through us, and we get to represent him to the people around us. We are carriers of his presence, and wherever we go, God wants to use us. I go to this coffee shop. I drink a lot of coffee. My first question when I got here today was, well, second question was, where's the coffee and where are the bathrooms? And there's this, this uh, coffee shop that I go to, and this woman, uh, everyone there, whatever, they're just really friendly. And uh, they know me, they know my drink, they're smiling at me, they know my name. Except there was this one woman who owned the place. And uh, every day I would go in there, and she would just like give me this scowl. That'd be 237. I mean, not even eye contact. Yes, ma'am. I wanted to be like, you know, Buddy the Elf. Does somebody need a hug? You know, and she would have, she would have hurt me. Um, but I mean, I would go in there several times a week. And it was like going on for month after month for like a year and a half. I mean, everyone was so nice and kind to me. And then when she would see me, she would just... <clears throat> Part of me wondered, does she know I'm connected to some church? I mean, has she got this issue with God that she's just automatically hating me? And you know what? I just gave her her space. I didn't try to engage her in conversation, I just gave her that space. This coffee shop is a happening place on the east side of Madison. One time I went over there to meet a friend, and so I'm sitting down and, uh, and you know, he's not showing up. I'm drinking my coffee, he's still not showing up. And for some reason the coffee shop was empty. And I hear this voice coming from behind the counter, she says, uh, what are you all by yourself today? 
And I look and here was this woman, the owner of the coffee shop, in a somewhat happy voice saying, are you all by yourself today? I said, yeah, my, my guy didn't show up. She said, she's behind the counter. She says, well, come talk to me. I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, is there a trap door here? Um, is this an intervention? I don't know what was happening. Um, so I went up there and she leans over the counter and for the next 20 minutes begins to pour out her story how every day for the last 18 months she's woken up feeling like today's the day that she's going to end her life. And she's talking and she's in this lesbian relationship and she's like, and she broke up with this person and she's like, it's just been so painful and so hard and so ridiculously gut-wrenching and I can't even face it. And I'm just listening to her. No customers came in. And then she looks and she said, aren't you connected with some church? And that's where I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Lady, church isn't the answer. You know, I didn't want it, I didn't want it to be like some sales pitch to come to my church because whatever, that's just weird. And I said, yeah, yeah. Well, when are your services? Oh, I don't know. So I told her and wrote it on a napkin. Sunday morning, I get a tap in the back of the sanctuary. Hey, it's me. I'm here. And here's my grandson. Where do I check him in? And I'm like, this is crazy. The next week I go in there, everyone's saying hi to me and everything. I'm about ready to leave the door and I hear this voice. Bye, Pastor Dave. See you Sunday. And I look around and it's this woman. So for the last couple years, her and I have just been drinking coffee and talking about Jesus. And I gave her her space. I influenced her by not being in her face. I influenced her by not speaking instead of speaking. I honored and respected her and I didn't know where she was coming from or what was leading her to be like this, but God did. And one day, at that time, she somehow felt that through our very limited interaction over the last couple years, that she could trust me with this information. You know what? I am thankful for that. Sometimes influence is active, sometimes it's actively passive, and it's just us honoring and loving and respecting the people that are around us. You know, we don't even have to be really good at our job because God's really good at his. God loves people more than you and I ever could, and God wants to do things in and through us more than we could ever even ask or imagine. If you're an introvert, I just want to say that you're not disqualified. Yeah, well, I'm not you, Dave. You like people. Well, okay. Most of the people that have had the biggest impact memorably in my life have been introverts. Most of them extreme introverts. Because when you speak, it matters. You're not just, I mean, I just figure I just keep talking and eventually something good's going to come out. Uh, you guys, when you speak, it matters. When you write a note or a card or send a text, it's powerfully encouraging. God has created and equipped us in unique ways to impact the lives of the people around us. And you are loved and you are qualified. So let's set ourselves up to be a good influence. And I just want to encourage you to say no to the lesser things. What are lesser things? You know, lies, um, whatever. Just, just things that you know are wrong. Things that you know are, that are creating a hindrance between you and what God has for you. Between you and really being a solid impact in people's lives. Some of us have a platform. Some of us have a place where we actually can be an influence with people. But 
God is not so concerned about our platform as he is about our heart. And he's just, I just want to encourage you to, to know how that Jesus is a lover, but he's also got fire in his eyes and he's jealous. He's jealous for the things that take our attention away from him because he knows that if we know him and walk with him, that our fullness of our life destiny is going to be fulfilled. So, as you hear stories today, I just want to encourage you to write down people that God puts on your heart that you need to step up your influence with because you guys are going to see those people, not us. Jesus took, when he gave the Last Supper community, he took took the bread and he blessed it and then he broke it and then he gave it to those disciples. And that is a perfect picture of what he has done for us with his own self. He was, God took him, God took Jesus and put him with us. Jesus was taken and he was blessed. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I, was, I am well pleased. And then Jesus was broken when he died on the cross and then he was given. The bread resembles his body. Jesus was taken, blessed, broken, and given. And you guys, he's inviting us to do the same thing. Jesus doesn't ask us to do things that he hasn't already gone through himself. He wants to take us today. Not take us like snatch us and be controlling. Take us on an adventure like you've never been before. And maybe some of you are already on the adventure. Maybe some of you are on an adventure that you just are, feel like you're going to crash into a wall. God wants to take you and bless you with his presence, with a relationship with his son. And God wants to break you. And a lot of us are living, I guess maybe most of us in this room, are living with some sort of pain in our life. Broken heart, messed up body, a condition, bad news from the doctor, just something that you're carrying that can't be fixed by a strong cup of coffee or even just being in a room full of guys. It's something deeper than that. We are broken. But it's not to turn us away from God, it's to lead us to God. So that God can use us and give us. Taken, blessed, broken, and given. That's what God wants to do with our lives. And just because you're broken, doesn't mean you're disqualified. God says, perfect. I used Peter. That guy was a punk. And God called him a rock. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and start my kingdom. Well, many years ago, is uh, Luke Merrill in this room? Hey, Luke. Luke, you might not even remember this, but it was uh, not too long after Pastor Darrell became pastor of this church here, Luke uh, um, was often running around these halls. And I came over, I was just down from Madison, and I just wanted to see Darrell. So I went up to the office and I said, hey, can I see Darrell? Oh, do you have an appointment? Uh, no. Um, Oh, okay, well, you can make an appointment. Okay. So I went around and snuck over to the side door. I just, oh, hey, I'm just, I'm just wondering if Daryl's around. Oh, Pastor Daryl, um, is he expecting you? Uh, no. I'll just go over here, you know. And, uh, um, and I go out in the hallway, and I'm just like, okay, I just want to say hi to my friend. Um, and here's this eight-year-old kid running around. I'm like, hey, are you Luke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, well, I, I know your dad. Oh, I said, he's like, what are you doing? I said, I wanted to see your dad. He's like, well, he's in his office. Luke, you grabbed my wrist. And we went right into those doors. 
right past that secretary block number one, right past cell block number two, and we went all the way down the deep, dark tunnel where your dad's office door was cracked, and you opened up that office, and you said, Dad, your friend's here. Daryl, you stood up, and you came over, and you gave me a great hug. Next thing I knew, Luke was gone. You know, there are so many ways that people think they have access to the Father. But the only way you can have access to the Father is through His Son. Everywhere we go, we're met with, you're an idiot, loser, reminding us of all our sin and our guilt and our shame and our past mistakes and all the reasons why we're not as good as somebody else to make an influence or make an impact and have an influence on the people around us. There are so many ways screaming at us that just say, yeah, yeah, you're right. The Father wouldn't want to see me anyway. And then there's the son who said, I came to this world to die on a cross so that you could see my father and so that you could be friends with God. And so the son, Jesus, is holding on and wants to take our hand today. If you want to make a difference, guys, accept his hand and let him lead you to the father who is not armed with lightning bolts but he's armed with an embrace that may be awkward because we don't deserve it. And God knows we don't deserve it, but he counts us worthy. He is good, and he loves you in your weakness. So, let's get ready. We're going to have a great day today. God is good, and he's got a lot of things in store for us today. I want to pray for you guys. God, I want to thank you for these men these young men. Thank you for giving us grace and power to just actually get out of bed and be here. And a lot of us need reconstructive work on the inside, God. Just our own hearts, our emotions, our minds, our bodies, our families. A lot of us are whatever, a train wreck waiting to happen or we're just trying to, it's just amazing that we're even here today. Thank you for loving us unconditionally and for leading us with your grace and that we could find power in knowing you and representing Jesus to the people around us. So God, wherever we're at today, help us to lay down those lesser things so that we can say yes to being a man of influence for your glory and your kingdom. Amen. All right, see you guys.